Hi, I'm Phoebe Park, and I'd like to welcome you to The Soup, the audio kickback for entrepreneurs, bloggers, and creatives seeking advice on how to level up their personal lives and careers in order to live their best lives. Are you ready to uncover the power of your truth and untapped potential? Then kick back and listen to The Soup with your host, Shakayla J. Taylor. Peace and blessings, tribe. It's your girl, Shakayla, and this is another episode of The Soup. I truly hope you are enjoying this series that I have gotten a chance to just create for you and share with you. And in today's episode, I get a chance to interview, interview, excuse me, Lucinda Cross Otiti, the founder of the Activate Movement. All right. She was actually featured on the Queen Boss show on Centric because she's just an all around amazing TV personality and truly an energetic teacher when it comes to vision board parties and the creator of vision board kits Uh, she was actually incarcerated at the age of 17 or 18 I believe Um, and during that time when she was um, incarcerated she really used self-help books and vision board vision boarding to create her purpose to see where she wanted her life to be she gives us so much in this interview that I just am uh, When I tell you that was the best 30 minutes of my life, it was the best 30 minutes of my life. I need you to listen up and just really dig in deep to Lucinda and listen to how real and raw her story is. All right, y'all. So I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to like cut it here so we can go right into the interview. All right, y'all. I hope y'all enjoy. Peace and blessings. All righty. Hello, everyone. It's your girl, Shakayla from The Soup. I'm super excited for this episode, I'm nervous, but very, very excited. Um, in this series, the Slay and Stay in Your Lane series, I have had so many amazing women to, uh, that I've been able to talk to and connect with, and one of those ladies is going to be Miss Lucinda Cross. I'm just super excited. There's a lot that I could say about this lady because I'm, I'm that person that goes down the rabbit hole and just does the research, but she is the founder of the Activate Movement. I'm not going to reveal too much about her. I want her to introduce herself and uh, so she can connect and build with you. Miss Lucinda, thank you for your time today. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor. Don't be nervous. <laughs> but yes, I, I have a company. Um, I'm the president of the company called Activate Worldwide Inc. And now a nonprofit called Activate Your Life, um, which supports um, at-risk youth, uh, first-time offenders, women, nonviolent crime. So um, there's a lot going on with Activate, but it all kind of gelled with... The first thing I started doing when... Actually, one of the speakers that I interviewed, um, Ayana, forwarded me your way. Like, I just got an email. I'm just like, wait a minute, what? So when I clicked on your website, I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is the mentor in my head that I've always been waiting for. Uh, Miss Lucinda is a life coach. She does a lot. She does a lot. And if you don't know me, I'm really big into TED Talks. So the first thing that I did was I watched your TED Talk in 2014. And the one thing that really, there are plenty of things, but the one thing that really hit me was your idea of rebuild, restore, and reinvent. Would you mind opening up <laughs> and talking to my tribe about that? And really, because I'm, I'm that person, like I, I love alliteration and then I love acronyms and things of that nature. So when you said, rebuild, restore, reinvent. The first thing I did was I said, mm-hmm, and I started to shake my head, like, furiously. So if you could share <laughs> that concept with my child, I'll be so appreciative because it's an amazing concept, y'all. 
Absolutely. So it came from, you know, the, the title was Creating a We Nation and how it's important, you know, for us to get out of the me and my community. But what's happening with the we? We have to create a we nation um, in order for us all to just go and elevate. So with Rebuild, Restore, Reinvent, reinvent we have to in order to rebuild our communities we have to kind of re, rebuild ourselves what are we, and so there's so many aspects that i wanted to go with it but being that there were so many authorities in the room i said let me just cut because i was about to go in like i need to stop creating these prisons stop creating too small you know but and i didn't go radical on there so i, I do oh i do oh uh, part two but um the rebuilding part is is rebuilding our community rebuilding what can we do um, even if it's a small thing to rebuild what's happening in our lives and starting within our own homes ourselves. You know, a lot of times I hear entrepreneurs say, you know, well, I just want to help women become and I, and they want to save the world. But I'm like, if I can help my daughter, I have changed a generation. And so it's important for, you know, when we're looking at what are we rebuilding um, based on what we feel is broken. Let's look within our own system, our own structure at home or in our own surroundings. And how can we contribute our gifts to that? Because if I can help one, then I'm able to save millions. But if I focus on saving millions, then I reach no one. Um, so that's the things first. It's time for us to do first things first. First things first is taking care of yourself. We hear it all the time, self-care, self-care. Well, what does that mean? That means that you start saying yes to yourself and start saying no to a whole lot of people, you know, and <laughs> it's not being... You know, I, I said in 2017, it's about being selfish in order to be selfless. So with uh, restoring, I can't give something that I don't have. And if I do try to give it, you one, you may not appreciate it. And two, I'm going to be frustrated that you don't appreciate that I gave you something that I didn't have but found a way to get it. You know, so what, what, what do I have in abundance that I can contribute to not only my household, to myself? To you know, what needs to be restored? How can I add in? Um, and so, when I look at the restoration portion, to me, it's more of an addition um, to versus you know, let's look at what we can take away. Um, right. And the whole reinvent side is just um, you know, in that particular presentation and TED talk, reinventing the way that we support the community, those who have made mistakes, those who have made naive decisions, those who don't have access to seeing what it's like to be a doctor and a lawyer, but their biggest role model is the drug dealer who's feeding the families for Thanksgiving, you know, so how can we reinvent and change that image that that young child is seeing if we're only empowering those who understand what empowerment means versus going to those who have no clue what empowerment looks like and showing an action, not just being a community saver on Thanksgiving or during Christmas, but what happens now when it's Father's Day and most of the children don't have their father. Children, but this kid's home who's hungry, how are we budding in and getting involved and kind of just reinventing that and, and restoring and rebuilding that village mentality. Um, so that's where I was coming from. And I just kind of just went in a different way with it now um, while we're talking, but um, that right. was the whole, the whole sum, summary of it um, for the TED Talk. I really, I really enjoyed it because I feel like originally, before I moved to the South, I've moved from North Carolina, now I'm in Dallas, but I was born and raised in Inglewood, New Jersey. So there's a lot, I feel like growing up in New Jersey and always traveling back and forth to the cities, it's, 
Lacey's family, I really feel like my background, that background has caused me to create some kind of grit, some kind of friction in my life that has helped me become the woman I am today. Because I don't buckle very easily when it comes to adversity or when I am faced with some sort of difficulty. I always figure out a way to shift or pivot my reality. And I actually had a brother who was incarcerated in and out of the prison system for maybe like six to eight years and it really impacted my view on the justice system and of course this isn't the platform where as far as like I don't talk about those things often but when I get the opportunity to I love to open up and really focus and zero in on that would you mind sharing a little bit about your perspective on like the justice system and how that really um how that impacted how you view creating vision boards? Because I think that's a beautiful story to see. I've heard, uh, I've, I was watching um, you on the NBC Today, your episode uh, talking about your vision board, and it was just very inspiring on in the place that you were coming from because you said at a very early age when you were 18 and 19, you were already reading self-help books, books and guides. You were already very in tune with reading. So the young listeners out there how can we like put the fire under their feet and really like from the from the just the perspective of being incarcerated, using your vision boards and reading, like how has it all um, accumulated to what, what you have going today? Absolutely. The thing with the justice system, it's 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 not a place that is created to rehabilitate you, although they try to say it is. It's a place to kind of stabilize you or put you away because you are a bad girl, bad guy. You know, you don't fit within society. But, you know, who's to say that when you're not putting the proper tools in these, the, the, those who are coming home, when you're not putting the proper tools in their hands? When I was coming home from my situation, they were giving me a parenting certificate. I didn't have any children. They were giving right. me horticulture, horticulture classes. I'm coming from coming from New York, concrete jungle. There's no gardens here. Like, what, I'm gonna go home right. and say, "Oh, I want to be a, a, a ooh, I'm gonna look at the botanical garden and be the biggest manager." No, like, so for me, it wasn't any proper tools. So I think that one thing that needs to, to needs to be looked at is what are we putting in the hands of those who are incarcerated, and what are we putting in there for them when they leave that they can utilize? You know, and a lot of times it's. You know, they have these trade classes, but in realist, in reality, when you come home, that's not setting you up for success. That's setting you up to just be stable and to be maintained and to be watched again, you know, and it's ultimately going to cause a certain level of frustration because you're going to get tired of working at a trade and being treated as an incarcerated individual or ex-con. So, you know, for the youth out there, I was, you know, one thing that I um, was very into, I was an avid reader. I would always pick up books. I was always wondering, and I guess it contributed to my mother being a psychology major, and I was like her, her uh, test, <laughs> her test model. Um, so anything that dealt with creative visualization, she had me right. read, you know, from her papers, from her projects. You know, Lucinda, what do you see about this color? What do you see with this image? How, how many ways? What does this make you feel? Listen, to, you know, everything was right. psychological with her and creating a vision outside of our little projects that we lived in to dreaming uh, and becoming something that I wasn't accustomed to seeing on a day-to-day basis. So what I would say for the youth is, you know, look at, you know, you can easily look at your surroundings, but what's even more powerful is when they're able to see what you're not surrounded around. And that starts with reading books. 
it's okay for you to go through your phone, look through some snaps and go through Instagram and see some powerful quotes and hearing stories. And But it's something else when you pick up that book and you flip those pages and you're able to gain that information and that knowledge. And that stuff fed me later on in life. So I couldn't imagine if I only had a couple of Snapchat and tweetables, how would that hold weight mentally for me to right. be to, for me to be strong enough to deal with life's challenges. So right. it only took the book knowledge of me physically touching a page, reading some information, some wisdom outside of someone else's uh, fake reality scripted story, but reading something on how one can become better. Get some books that will show you how to become a better person, whether it's from forgiveness to, you know, the passion test, you know, figuring out your strengths, Strength Finders 2.0 by Conrad is a great book um, to identify your strengths. But it wasn't the college books. None of that contributed anything. It was the book that I read that helped me to become a better person, even when I didn't know what becoming a better person looked like. Wow. You know, so it, it didn't make sense. I was reading my young man's last books. I was 16 years old. I wasn't in a relationship. I wasn't going through a divorce. But right. it showed me about the power of relationships. So I knew right. what a positive relationship looked like. I, and if I decided to move forward with that relationship, that was on me. Because I read right. about it. I was taught about it. Ayala Benzat was my teacher. Even at 16 years old, with her going through her divorce and her craziness, I was reading her book. Faith in the Valley. Wow. Trying to figure this out. What is faith? You know, beyond what I see in the church with them jumping and shouting. What does that mean for me? And it, right. it was those kind of books that showed me how to take simple words and concepts and apply it to my own life, even when I didn't have a life just yet. If that makes sense. Right. That, that, that is food, right? So when I, when I hear something, I'm just like, oh my God, that's food. Like, that's food for thought because it's crazy. I'll be um, 26 in a week. And People are like, wait a minute, aren't you old? And I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm a, born in the 90s. Like a very, I'm very, very young. But like I said, through my experiences, which is why I feel like we have so many parallels. Like when you speak, it's, it's because I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it, when I started to, to, to research and, and view your videos and go onto your Instagram and your Facebook, I'm like, you just have, this, you just have so much life, full of life, full of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you share that, especially like with the conference. Um, that you're working on like it's just so amazing to see on, on Facebook you talk about um, your funny shorts and you just have this it's crazy because so many people have opportunities right or they so they don't have opportunities but the idea of an opportunity that they feel when they hear the word no they automatically stop in their tracks and they never pursue the next steps so when I'm looking on your Facebook you're like best believe I'm about to get this sponsorship money for my conference I'm like <laughs> You just have this go-getter attitude, like, just, just share a little bit of that with me. Come to sitting there, like, when I hear no, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm hurt for a little bit. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my toolbox, and I'm going to create my own lane. I'm not going to worry about whose door I have to enter. I'm going to create my own door. So how does that scrappiness contribute to your, your business and different ventures that you are in? So for me, you know, I wasn't the type 
type of person or business owner or even child growing up that things were just, you know, oh my gosh, such a blessing. It wasn't that for me, I experienced such a high level of rejection and, and almost there. And you almost had it. You almost made it. You almost received the scholarship. So everything was just an almost never making it. And I never pushed forward because I allowed that spirit of rejection to weigh down on me. And I said, hmm, no matter how hard I try, I'll just never get there. You know, I'll never be the chosen one. I wasn't the popular girl in school. I wasn't the one who had it on and popping. That wasn't me. I wasn't the one with clothes. It was just all I had to me was me being real. And a lot of people thought I was funny. <laughs> so that's what worked for me, my personality. So even in business, there was when, to me, when you get really frustrated with the way things operate in your own life, I was frustrated. I'm a personalizer. I was frustrated enough with the way things were operating in my own life that, and in my own business. When I started to see that I hit rock bottom, what wisdom doesn't teach you, rock bottom will. And so for mm. me, when I hit rock bottom and I'm sitting there trying to find the coins because I'm pursuing this thing called entrepreneurship and I have two small right. children. Now I'm a single mother um, because the father, you know, he, he felt like, you know, you're following this dream. That's not my vision. This is not going to work. Right. And, you know, so now I'm here by myself. My family thinks I'm crazy because I have a degree and I had a great job. So why would you pursue something that you're not sure of? So here I am, lights turned off, car, hiding my car from being repoed. Um, wow. Dropping the daycare later because I can't pay her. Um, so I'm dropping my kids off and basically running, right? So I don't have to see her face because I know she's not going to, she tries to call me. I'm not going to answer the phone right. let my kids stay there. So when I hit rock bottom, it was because I did not keep pushing forward past the rejection point. And I said, you know, enough is enough. And when I missed a big, and it all happened because I missed a six-figure deal because of procrastination and perfectionism. Because wow. I was so used to being rejected that how could this great opportunity come to me and I'm a new business owner and I have the opportunity to make six figures mm. in a matter of months with mm. my gifts, skills, and talents, honestly. And all I have to do is submit a proposal well, I sat on that because I allow rejection to seep in and then my life started to crumble because I missed that opportunity. And when I right. missed that opportunity, I said, that'll be the last time mm, that I procrastinate. Yes, that. And that yes. is the moment that activates work. That same moment when, when I had to sit there and watch somebody else walk away with an opportunity that I created and crafted and was receiving. And because of fear of rejection, fear of success, procrastination, perfectionism, let me check this again. Is this right? Is the numbers right? What if they say no? What if they say yes? Listen, it, it, all of that didn't matter. What mattered was for me to show up and say yes and hit the send button. But because I didn't, I had to suffer. And now me and my children are hungry. Now I'm borrowing money. Now I'm dodging the, you know, the people who take my car. Right. Now I'm not able to pay. And so that is the moment that I said, I am going to, this has to stop. Call me the activator. This, that's my superpower yes. now. Lucinda takes action. I have no excuse. Come on. I, I know what hungry feels like. I know what lack is about. I'm frustrated <sighs> enough with that. And I'll be damned if I raise these children to be hungry. And I follow this and call entrepreneurship. On. And they laugh at me. And the God that I serve. 
Yes. Please. I'm, I'm going to scream. I know what after we got this call and I started to edit, I'm going to scream because there is, I mean, on top of the fact, my mother used to tell me when I was a little girl, I remember like my earliest memories of my mother, like from eight years old to 13, I lost her when I was 13. So from eight to 13, those are my pivotal, pivotal years in my life. And everything that I speak into myself and into people are lessons that she taught me. She would tell me when I was a little girl, she was like, if you're hungry for something and if you have anything in your heart and your mind, you pursue it relentlessly. Just pursue it. No matter if you fail or if you lose, it's always going to be a win for you. Because when you fail, you have the blueprint to success. When you win, you can keep going. Right? So either way, you're just going to keep going and keep, just keep dreaming. So I'm actually working on a book. So I'm just like, I aspire to be like Lucinda because you're awesome. I'm just like, she is like my spirit animal. So I have this thing that I started to work on. It's like um, operating in your sphere is just as important as operating in your faith. Sometimes, mm-hmm. many times in my, myself, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, fear, you just have to trump fear and just forget about it, which is true. But there are other moments when God is going to tell you or he's going to give you signs that you, if you're fearful of something, if you're unsure of something, if you feel like the moment you are in won't be fruitful, you have to operate through that. You have to figure out why you're feeling fearful. fearful. You have to figure out why you're not feeling 100% on it because he's going to show you if you operate through that fear, the most beautiful things will happen. You mu- That's why I say all the time, there is beauty in the struggle. I had my son right after college, right after college. Mm-hmm. That was the toughest summer of my life. I, I graduated in May that year. I had my son in November. So that whole summer, I'm working two retail jobs. Big old pregnant girl, fresh out of school. I'm in a small little town in North Carolina. And people are just coming back from school. They're like, you know, they're going to their internships. They're going to the city. They're going to work at these big, you know, seven-figure companies. And I'm still in this small little town when we graduated from college, pregnant. So that was the toughest summer of my life because it really showed me you have to be gritty. You have to be hungry because if you want something, if you have a vision of success, it's not going to be easy because that's the case. We'll all be riding in Ferraris being like Oprah, you know? So it's just like, I'm a strong believer in operating through that fear and operating through that grit because that is what success is made out of. So can you think of a moment where you're just like, oh my goodness, I don't think I'm going to make it. And then in that moment, that's when the gym happens, or that's when the idea sparks. Um, man, there's so many, <laughs> so many of those moments. <laughs> I'm, and I'm dealing with a situation now um, that it's like, oh, I'm about to tell them, forget it. You know, enough is enough because they're asking for this paperwork, that paperwork. We've been at months at this. Right. But if I continue to follow through, it's, it can be, it's a huge tax income breaker. You know, I mean, taking me to the next tax income bracket um, at least three times over. So, but the stress of going through it now is where it's like, ask me for one more document one more time. Tell me to get another certification and I'm going to snap. You know, so that's where I am yes. mentally. But, you know, just even through the entrepreneurship, you know, every time, you know, I host this conference and this year is the last year for the conference because we're taking it a different, you know, we're raising the bar for ourselves. But right. every time I do the conference, especially the first year, I lost my mother in 2013 and she was helping me to plan my first conference. She right. helped me to secure my first speaker, Les Brown. She helped me to, you know, so she was there wow. through the process. 
and she went on vacation and that was the last time I seen her. She had wow. um, aortic dissection. Her heart tore right there while she was on vacation for nothing in Anguilla. Wow. And to have to fight for the whole month of May, this was Mother's Day weekend and she passed in 2013, to have to fight wow. to go through I'm the oldest of three, you know, to have to fight, to nurture, to secure, then to fight for her to get, because that's um, uh, British land. So now I have to fight to get her on U.S. grounds and all of this money. And, you know, so I have to fight for her body to get here and then to Mm -hmm. fight to stay strong for my brothers and my father and then to fight to keep pushing to have this conference that I've accepted money for, put the down payment for, you know, and really want to give up on it because it was tough Um, to go from 75 people who signed up and I said, oh, we ought to have an easy 150, 200, like, please. You know, when I first started planning it, so we're looking at 75 people and I said, let me write a letter to God because I'm so frustrated. And I said, God, mm. today's date is, and I still have the letter. And I said, today's date is, you know, I just lost my mom. Um, and I have 75 people showing up. I still have to account for 150, with something like that, like 125 plates of wow. people showing up. Right. I, I, need this, I need this to be sold out. I'll tell you. Two to three weeks before the event, which was in September. So I'm stressing out July. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. August, I'm a basket case, uh, like uh, emotionally overeating everything. Three weeks before the conference in September, the numbers, not even, like the end of August, sold out. By the time it was wow. time for the conference, the conference Listen. was on a Friday. Ooh. The conference was on a Friday. In a location that was inconvenient, at a time that was inconvenient, um, at a place that was beautiful in a mansion. And it it was hard for people to even get there. So I I don't even know what I was thinking, but it was standing room. People were still trying to fight to get their way in, paying whatever they could at the door just to stand up and to be in the midst. It was packed. Packed wow. to the pole, we had to order order meals from outside. Like somebody go to Subway, get some sandwiches, let's put it on the platter, make it look nice. Right. So to go from no, not sure what's going to happen, and then you, I was zoned out completely. So it was a lack of promotion, a lack of marketing. I'm just like, if it happens, it happens. I just lost my mom. Right. So now pushing forward to seeing this thing. Right. Exactly. To see this thing come to fruition and be an overflow in the loom, that was priceless. So wow. it, it, that's just one of many. Every year, it was, you know, it was something, you know, of, of attesting my faith. And, right. you know, so, it, yeah. So I'm going to And that, it's always moments like that. Moments like that where your faith is tested, your patience is tested, that is where you truly shine. Because if you can withstand, I had this lady um, at an event um, that I hosted some time ago. It was in January. It was actually, it was right after a vision board party that I hosted the month before. And she attended that event. And she came to the event and she said, Shakela, if you stay rooted in your purpose, if you stay rooted like, like, like a, a weed in the ground, 
if you stay rooted and have those strong roots, you can withstand anything. You can withstand withstand any storm, any element, any situation. So when I go through something and I, I hear her saying that to me because sometimes mm-hmm. it's just it's a sentiment or it's a powerful statement. That's what truly gets me by. Cause I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what I don't know what you're trying to teach me in this moment. And that's not our that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to go through it, understand mm-hmm. the processes and why, and then later you'll find out why you went through it. But if you just remain rooted and stand still, that's when you truly shine. And just that story mm-hmm. alone is just like I, I know what it feels like, you know, to to lose a mom, especially mm-hmm. at that at a young age. And I had a baby, and then I moved. And there's so many positive movements and actions happening in my business. I felt like she would have been my best friend. Like, mom, look what's going on right yeah. now. Can you help me with this? And it's it's just so powerful that I know that they're like they're they're like that's the master. I say to my clients all the time, you are the master strategist of, of your life. Whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, you can fulfill it. If you stay focused and remain rooted and, and, and purpose-filled. So I know that we have some master strategies above as well. They're, they're out there helping us create a whole master plan. So this is, a, I'm just excited. I'm sitting here like, oh my goodness, is she like reading a part of my, my life story script that I haven't written yet? Like, <laughs> this is amazing. This is amazing. I'm just so honored that I could even have this opportunity to chat with you. So before we get off the call, I want to make sure that my tribe can like get in touch with you. I know you're all over social media. I follow you <laughs> on every platform uh, thus far. But where can I direct people to your business, to um, the conference? Just give us everything that you want to share with us. Absolutely. I mean, being that this is the fifth and final grand finale, they have to show up in Miami September 15th to the 17th. And that's at activateconference.com, activateconference.com. And, you know, just connect with me. I love to, you know, my place to play is on Instagram um, and, and, and Facebook. Please follow me on Instagram. It's at Lucinda Cross. You may say, see my married name, Lucinda Cross, O-T-T. But um, definitely connect with me, LucindaCross.com. Um, sign up. I have a freebie. It's LucindaCross.com forward slash freebie. Get your freebie. It's a um, quick like marketing guide, 40 ways to kind of market yourself without compromising your brand, your body, your beliefs. You know, so it's a really cool um, guide, little quick read just to give you some creative ideas on how to market yourself um, as a business owner. Um, and even just as a brand. So, yeah, Lucinda, I'm Googleicious. So, LucindaCross.com across yes. the board. <laughs> she really is. The moment I started to, like, I went to the website and then I just typed in Lucinda Cross. I put in something else and then, then you know, when Google corrects you, you know you're a big deal. <laughs> I put something in it and they were like, you put Do you mean? Cross? I was like, exactly. That's like, you know, I mean, like, they put it in your face like, uh, duh. That's a big, no. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. So I'm super excited and so grateful, and I just wish love and light and success in your continued journey. I know you're going to do great, amazing things. I'm just so appreciative Thank you. for you sharing your time with me. Thank you, and I hope to see you in September. You know your ticket's on me, so you just got to get there. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. You're amazing. To change it with my hands. I'll my credit card alone. Thought a new dress would make it better. I tried to work it away. But 